everyone and welcome to Barefoot with Spirit podcast show. I'm your host Leanne the Barefoot Medium and I'm incredibly excited to connect with you and to be able to bring you channeled information from source, spirit, the divine, universe, whoever it is you call it, to inspire you to transform your experience, consciously manifest your desires and connect with your intuition and spirit. Before we get started on today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I stand and on which my guest stands and pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. And I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and First Nations people who are tuning in from around the world. Kick off your shoes. Take a few deep breaths into your heart space and step into this amazing container that my guest and I are about to create for you with a connected conversation about the truth on enlightenment with my guest, Lincoln Stoller. Lincoln has a PhD in quantum physics, is a certified hypnotherapist and a clinical counsellor with publications in dozens of fields and he focuses on aspects of mindfulness, experience from the neurological and subconscious to the mathematical and collective. He practices as a therapist and counsellor, providing training and resources, with his goal being not to cure, but to heal you, not to make you better, but to make it unnecessary for you to be sick. Lincoln is passionate about teaching you to be so well and attuned to health that you restore balance now and before it becomes disease. Welcome, Lincoln. Thank you, Leah. Pleasure. I'm so excited to connect with you and talk to you about the art of enlightenment. Tell me a little bit about your journey and how you've come to be doing what you're doing. Um. It's always a little contradictory. Um, I have a great appreciation for chaos. It's very fertile. I find that for myself, I kind of go into it and out of it. Um, I, I think like most people don't like going into it. Um, I, 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 I like to be organized and clear, but I never get as much progress as when I'm neither of those things. When I, one of the things I really like about therapy, well, I don't even like to call it that, but one of the things I like about working with other people is that I get to see their world and I'm pretty good at at uh, convincing them to show me their chaotic world. Um, I find with company and I hesitate to call it guidance, I feel more like a, a donkey than a, a, a sage, but I, I do sort of pull forward and, and, uh, and go into territories I haven't been in before. And the less I think I know, the more I see but you know, it is chaotic and you're never quite sure whether you're learning the truth or just a reflection of yourself, but that's okay. In terms of working with people, if there's a 
good um, vibe and there's trust, we can make mistakes together and it's okay. And maybe it doesn't even matter because oftentimes what we're working on is just uh, an illusion. Um, but uh, my path, you know, like most people, I, well, maybe not like most people, I had a lot of goals. Um, so I proceeded from one to the next disappointment. Mm -hmm. um, education was a disappointment. Learning was great, but I found I had to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And I learned most and continue to learn most from people. Mm -hmm. I'd like to say I learned the most from the best people, but I hate to say I learned a lot from the worst people too. Mm. Uh, you know, there, there's a thin line between uh, um, being motivated to really take things into your own hands and being traumatized. Mm. And so I have been pretty good at riding that boundary, but not entirely. I, I have, I do struggle with things that have, that I'm recognizing have traumatized me. Sometimes it's hard to tell because you're just sort of obsessed. Mm. But I think that's kind of a, an indication of being bent out of shape a bit. So, um, you know, education. And then I, I was, you know, my best years were as, as a mountaineer. Mountaineering was great. Mm. Um, I, I say that because I didn't get myself killed. And... Um, it's funny because some people, many people were killed in the process and their friends usually say they died doing what they loved. Mm. And I kind of think that's an excuse because I've nearly died doing a few things I loved and I, I usually regretted having made that last decision. Um, so that was, that was an interesting experience dealing with uh, extreme people doing extreme, extreme things and then doing university and uh, physics was also extreme mm -hmm. you know those those folks are pretty narrowly focused in and they live in a pretty narrowly focused world um after that well it's funny because mountaineering got me involved in culture in a sort of backwards way mm. because the places i visited and the people i saw i got more interested in their lives than in uh just passing them by and climbing the mountains though you can't entirely separate people from their environment yeah. and i learned a lot from uh from funny people people that were not my culture mm -hmm. i think the strangest culture for me the most alien was the the inupiat culture in northern alaska on the arctic sea very well we we might call them cold people lived in a cold mm -hmm. environment and i always judge my success as to whether i can make people laugh Mm. And I make them laugh. I have no idea what they were laughing at. Me, probably. Um, I mean, I, I could tell you the story and, and it, I was pretty stupid and they thought it was very funny. Um, so I, I, I really appreciate, you know, those moments where people, sometimes you don't know why or, or what's going on, but, but they include you. I, so I felt included. They sort of toured me around to all their grandparents for me to tell my story and them to laugh at me. Mm. Um, and that was great. I really remember that. And then, uh, you know, what, what that led me into, again, in a sort of backwards way, 
was I, I'd been meditating and, and uh, doing some sort of this sort of adolescent spiritual seeking as an adolescent. Mm. I don't want to deprecate it. It's just that you don't know what you're buying at that point. Yeah. Uh, so you buy a lot of, a lot of cheap stuff. Um, and uh, I started directing myself just to go to cultures. Mm. And I found a connection to, um, you know, the people who are uh, forward thinking, uh, either they're very religious or they're very cultural or they're very political. And, um, you know, from a dozen different cultures, African, Asian, Central American, indigenous, I started becoming involved in ceremonies mm. and doing some of, uh, I, I tended toward ayahuasca in Central American countries and some of this neo-shamanist stuff that North Americans do. And um, so I um, became familiar with that whole territory. And um, now it's interesting that psychedelics are, well, I don't know what you want to call it. Some people call it a rena renaissance of psychedelics and mm -hmm. there's interest in therapy. It, it's, but it's very confused. It doesn't have the old roots. No. So I'm involved in that and um, trying to, it, it's a very turbulent arena. Nobody's quite sure where it's going to go. A lot of, you know, money and power and people chasing dreams. Um, yeah. So right now I'm just doing uh, a version of uh, some, something between coaching, counseling, and therapy. Because I don't, I don't like to pathologize. Mm. But at the same time, there's a lot of old stuff. I spent 20 years as a business consultant. Mm. And, you know, those people are very, you might say, not spiritual, materialistic. And there's something missing in that, too. Mm. Mm. Somewhere in that mix of uh, being reflective and being assertive and being active and having a certain amount of uh, humility and fear. Yeah. Um, hard to say, you know. So, yeah. like I say, I sort of feel like a mule when I deal with people. I try not to uh, tell them too much. And like I tell my kids, don't do anything I would do. Yeah. Because it would make me nervous. <laughs> uh, my parents never seemed to care, but they were out of it. They didn't know what I was. <laughs> um, so that's my story. Yeah. Also, you've you've done quite a bit, and and you know, I love that you've got a mix of you know the the mountaineer and the the academic and the the scientific approach in amongst the spirituality because I think that makes you a bit more of a, a grounded whole being to be able to bring what you bring to those that you're working with. And I love how you talk about chaos and illusion and fear because we all experience that in this lifetime, no matter how that is for each of us. Um, and chaos is often something that we resist going into or looking at or our, our own illusions or fears, aren't they? Well, chaos, you never know. Could be truth, could be, could be false. Yeah. I mean, that's, if you knew it was all false, 
then you could just say, oh, this is just delusion. Yeah. But you don't. Um, you yeah. know, there's fun. I, I'm not sure who I am. I'm not sure. And I try not to recommend anyone do like I do. Hmm. One of the things I notice about myself, well, it, you know, I'm 65 or six, I'm not sure. Uh, six. I had a birthday last month. Um, and uh, older people tend to be more circumspect. Hmm. They're known for that. And in my case, uh, I'm getting, uh, what would be the word? Discriminating. Mm. The result is that I spend many days alone without speaking to anyone. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel lonely about that. And I think that's part of what happens when you become knowledgeable and experienced. Mm. You don't want to go back to um, hanging out at the bar or whatever. Yeah is the equivalent mediocre social um, medium. Um, I'd prefer to sit around thinking of what I want to write next, mm -hmm. uh, even if nothing comes up, than going out and entertaining myself. Yeah. And, but it's lonely. Um, and I do, I may, I, this is what I, I often tell people. Um, whenever you're caught between worlds, you're in a kind of shamanic realm. Mm -hmm. And in that realm, the people of neither world can really trust or know what you're thinking. Yeah. Because you've only got one foot in their world. And when mm -hmm. I talk to shaman, I love talking to shaman. You know, they're, they're the uh, sane, deluded people who see spirits everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, not, not only them, but um, they do tend to be a kind of special group. Yeah. And, uh, they're, they're some of the few people who can really talk about dreams mm. in, in, in a way that I can relate to. So uh, dreams are a big part of my practice as well. Yeah. Not everybody's, but I encourage people to, because they're chaotic mm. and, um, and filled with emotion. Mm. And they're not as inaccessible as you think. I mean, if you work at them, you can bring them up. It's yeah. almost like your dreams kind of resent your interference if you're not helpful you know they want you to prove that you have some ability before they'll reveal themselves to you otherwise you're just a witness of you know a mm. peanut gallery commentator yeah so uh oh what was the question oh i don't know i just wanted to say that you do end up kind of alone when you when you uh, go deep and I think that comes back to you know the truth about enlightenment. What what is enlightenment? What what does that mean for for you? For for example, what's your yeah. perspective on that? Because I know that you know you talked a little bit about you know the people buying into the spirituality at the moment or whatever they call that, whether it's shamanism, whether it's your dream analysis or, or healing or, or whatever form they're drawn to what is the concept of enlightenment for individuals seeking that where like there you often hear i'm seeking enlightenment or you, you wake up or you're enlightened or what does that mean i think it means some very different things that are easily confused by the words we use Mm. So one of the words we use, enlightenment, 
seems to connote lightness, uh, levity, uh, happiness even. Mm. Uh, I don't see much happiness on the, in the worlds of enlightened people. I mean, they are, they are positive and they're upbeat, mm. but they're surrounded by usually the heaviest things in the world. Um, and that I think is part of the definition to be upbeat, active and positive when surrounded by the heaviest things of the world. Mm. Is, is one aspect of an enlightened state. I don't know how you get there exactly, but you can tell when you got there and you can often tell when you're in the presence of somebody who is there mm. because they don't, uh, they don't bring you down mm. uh, unless you, uh, you know, get it over your head. So, you know, um, it's possible to follow an enlightened person into realms of chaos that you're not ready for. That's, I don't want to go there because I can't really say. Yeah. But to me, enlightened, at least at my stage, is closely connected to awareness. Mm. Um, healers say that as well. Um, you know, if you're sick with a physical disease, a, a psychic or energy healer will often say, there's a bigger world. There mm. are more energies moving mm. than you're conceiving of. And moving into those larger realms will give you opportunities to change the physical reality. And I would say that's true even if you're not physically ill. Moving mm. into greater realities change the opportunity of your perception. Mm. So in addition to awareness, and you know, there are ways to work at awareness. We got, you know, uh, perception and awareness are kind of closely related. Um, you can change what you perceive, and then you, if you're careful, you might be aware of more. Mm. Um, I, I've done some, I've enjoyed doing some far out physical things because of the awarenesses. Mm. Um, and again, you're never quite sure when you go to the boundary of your awareness, if you're looking at your own reflection or something new. Yeah. But, um, you know, two, two examples are, uh, I took up scuba diving and I remember lying on the bottom of the ocean next to a shark. And I just wondered for a long time, what, you know, the shark was kind of like a cat. It didn't pay any attention mm. and then it left. Mm. And I was left to wonder what that interaction was all about. And then I, in another case, I flew airplanes and I was circling around with a hawk. And um, birds of prey are known to act, actually attack airplanes, hmm. even though they're a thousand times larger. And, and I could tell this hawk didn't really like me there. And that was odd too. You know, it's usually hmm. hawks just keep away from you. Hmm. Uh, but in this case, I was following it. So th these very sort of subtle things, I I'd have to say I was looking in a mirror of myself. Yeah. I don't speak hawk and I don't speak shark. But if I hadn't have been there, uh, so another example is I do past life regression mm. with people. I don't actually necessarily believe in past lives because I think that's actually too small. Um, um, so some one person was a, a bee and he had this unbelievably accurate description of being a bee, which mm. so broadened my mind, both of our minds, that it was, uh, it was enlightening in mm. a sense. So, you know, you might think, or people might be led to think that enlightenment is a higher state of consciousness. 
I just think it's a broader state of consciousness. Yeah. Um, at least in one dimension. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you could say, follow the pain. There are lots of ways to go out of your envelope. That's one of them. You could say, follow the bl your bliss. Mm. I guess the point is to go and not to stay static or inert. Mm. Um, and, you know, that has a certain amount of risk. And, uh, you know, as, as my experience with COVID taught me, it's not just myself I'm putting at risk. I'm putting my family at risk. Yeah. So I don't, I don't mountain climb anymore. I go into the woods and walk around. But when I come to a cliff, I stay well back from the edge. Mm. Uh, I didn't used to do that. Mm. But I do now. So it's funny, you know, may, maybe you can just... Uh, Maybe you can just expand in your mind. Um, maybe you have to go run on the beach. Uh, I'd like to go swim in the ocean. I'm near the ocean now. Yeah. Um, one thing I was told to do, which I won't do, is take cold showers. I don't yeah. like it, but I, maybe I should. I still wonder. Every time I get in the shower, I wonder if I should turn it on cold. <laughs> but, I, but I'm too, you know, yeah. I don't like it. So I don't Yeah. But I may one day, and that would be a new... I don't know something. Yeah, I love that. I love that you mentioned the word awareness and perception in amongst talking about enlightenment because you know I agree that you know we're only aware of what we're aware of in this moment, and there's so much more that we can learn and so much more that we can become aware of and become present to. If we, if we choose to expand our consciousness or our perception or our awareness in whichever direction that is. And, you know, the, the, the shamans in a lot of different cultures talk about that upper world and the lower world and, and you know, the present. And when we're aware of you know, our, the truth of who we are and where we are and where our perceptions are focused, we can either go into that underworld, which is, you know, the, the illusions, the fears, the let's see where that goes and what understanding and awareness I can gain and expand here or the darkness or the heaviness or whatever you want to call it. Or we can go to the upper worlds and, and seek different awarenesses and different understandings and, and bring that back to our present moment, can't we? Let me say there are two ways I would advise people to seek enlightenment. Mm. Well, uh, one way that you can do it yourself and one way that I do it with people. When I'm doing um, past life regression, the one of the important stages in past life regression work is dying. Mm. I mean, obviously dying is important in real life it's just that in real life we don't tend to think we're going to get beyond it mm. but when you do a past life regression the whole point is to get beyond it and yeah. so i always if i can get people to do it go into the upper world after that and it's usually an empty world and i'm trying to pull it into form or yeah. help them pull it into form yeah so that is often a deep experience yeah and the other way which everybody can do i think 
is uh, there, there's this quote, you may recognize it, but I forgot who said it. So easy to be enlightened at the foot of your master, so hard to be enlightened in your family. Yeah. Oh. And, and, and so that's it. I just recently got involved with my family and the shit that came out <laughs> unexpectedly had really threw me off um, center. Yeah. I'm still processing it. It's not finished. I wrote a biography of my father and when I gave it to my siblings, they just trashed it. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't it. They were trashing me and all complicated. So I really do think that, uh, you know, at the feet of your family is a big step up. You know, then you can always go to the foot of your master and then it's easy. Yeah. Um, but um, I don't know if that's called dealing with the shadow or dealing with the legacy or the lineage, but it's a calling out strong energies that are challenging. That's, yeah. Um, boy, that's a surefire way to, to see your limits. Yeah. And, and hopefully to um, figure out what to do. You can help, you're helping other people if you can do that. Yeah. And, and, and I think so you meant you mentioned earlier about being a you know witnessing or perceiving others' chaos and and being able to you know I think a lot of people use the term staying above it or or staying in your own center or your own present and your own presence and your own awareness while witnessing someone else's chaos or perceiving that um, is a really interesting uh, opportunity for growth. Yeah. And, and family or those closest to us, because we often, you know, with, with our masters or with, with people we admire or look up to or, or who are guiding us, whether it's a therapist, a counsellor, a coach, a mentor or a whoever, we often show the best side of ourselves, don't we? Rather yeah. than in our families or our relationships, our partner, we show all of us, the truth yeah. of us is the good and the bad and the, the beautiful and the ugly and the, the chaos and the peace. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you, we talked about chaos at the very start. Chaos is fertile. Chaos is destructive. Mm. chaos is a foundation chaos is empty um i guess the question is do what you can manage mm. but don't lose your uh don't hurt people put it that way yeah um, be kind be compassionate be empathetic in amongst it yeah yeah it, it's i think it's a a learned skill you know dealing with chaos uh, grounding yourself. I, I know people who are not at all grounded and, you know, it's interesting. They, they gave LSD or in the early sixties or fifties to, to uh, psychotic people. And they found they just got more psychotic. Yeah. They, they just got better at being crazy, but not better at being normal. Hmm. So, you know, you have to sort of know, and there, you know, with these psychedelic drugs and ceremonies, there are people who get injured and then have to be integrated and and it's not risk-free hmm. that that's the kind of the thing enlightenment is intrinsically a risky yeah. uh equation and you need to have some well this is actually what channels say and i really subscribe to this they say don't go into that tunnel unless there's somebody 
there's some voice who you trust that can guide you because it's not going to be yeah. you yeah and, and if there's no one uh there's this great quote by a uh her name was reed anderson reed and she said you know if you open the door and there's someone standing there who doesn't have a head on you don't have to let them in yeah um so not all supernatural energies are here for your benefit yeah yeah um and how would you know yeah. uh you know somehow so I love that. I love that. And thank you for the reminder with, with my work, with mediumship in particular, and, and for those listening who are interested in the spiritual and the channeling and the, the connecting to your loved ones passed over or whoever that might be, it is really important to be grounded and present and aware in your physical world and to have the 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 support of people you trust around you when you're you're doing that and for me the you know like you I've got a bit of an academic background and stepping into a PhD this year um, where I'm looking at how mediums can work with police on cold case homicides and that's that's heavy energy and, and you know I'm connecting in to souls who've left this earth in a traumatic chaos chaotic way and or connecting into perpetrators to get information and insights and evidence about how we can potentially solve and yeah. I will not do that work without my partner by my side mm -hmm. yeah, because he gets that. it he understands my process and I will not I will not, and I've gotten very clear with, with spirit about my boundaries around when I will and will not work with those types of energies. Right, right. And you have to because we're human, we're, we're souls in a human body, right? And we're here to have a human experience as well as understand the spiritual and when we're having a human experience, it means feeling and, and all of those things <laughs> that, that are chaotic often. And when you're working with energies and, and channeling and, and entities or whatever you want to call them, um, you have to understand that you're, you're tapping into something that, that is bigger than you. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's that's kind of well, I don't know if it's your answer, and it's maybe not an mm. answer, but it's part of the answer. Uh, and I do think it's useful to reframe enlightenment as a learning process yeah. and not as a goal. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't really see any goal except you know to raise consciousness in general, but it's an impossible job. You know, but then I have friends who say, well, if it's not impossible, it's not worth doing. And, you know, I appreciate that as well. Um, so it's not some, so I would think, you know, enlightenment like impossibility is something that's worth doing, but at the same time is sort of self-contradictory. You can never be there. You're always in process. Yeah. At, in service. Yeah. And um, at risk. I think you're always at risk. Yeah. I don't know how. And so I think you have to be equivocal in some sense. 
Mm. You know, I'm going to die. Um, I'm, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to get ill. Uh, I'm or infirm. Uh, my friends and family are going to die. I'm, uh, I'm going to lose things. Mm. Uh, I'd like to find as much as I could before I do. Mm. Um, but I recognize I have to risk other people, my family, in order when I risk myself. And mm. so I'm always, uh, it's an ambivalent thing. I mean, this is, this is a learning. You mm. know, the deeper the learning, the, you know, I think the more is at risk. Mm. Um, I, and maybe it doesn't have to be that way. You know, I've had great learning experiences that were just positive. Yeah. You know, no negatives at all. Um, you know, inspiring, invigorating, in you know, and, and they were truly were, but they're, like I say, also some of the best, some of the worst teachers are, have also left some of the most enduring and important lessons as well. Yeah. Yeah. We could talk. Yeah, we could. A lot longer. Yeah. <laughs> um, thank you so much for sharing your, your knowledge and your wisdom that you've gathered along the way so far. And ignorance. And ing Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for, for sharing all of that. And yeah, that's, that's knowledge in amongst itself. So thank you. And, you know, I'm sure we'll connect again um, for, a, for another conversation. Beautiful. Um, can you let people know where they can connect with you if they want to find out more about your work? I have a website. It's the sort of central repository of all my work. It's called mindstrengthbalance.com. And I have a blog and a you know, mailing list I put out weekly and monthly and encourage everybody, anybody to uh, sign up. Um, the monthly one is free. The weekly one is cheap. Mm. And uh, I have weekly Zoom meetings that sometimes when one person shows up, it turns into a therapy session. Yeah. I'm not sure for whom, well, usually for them, but I would like it be for me too. Yeah. and so that's it mindstrengthbalance.com yeah beautiful thank you and I think you just mentioned a really important point that I want to pick up on that you know when we're working with people we're both the student and the teacher at the Absolutely. same time and I think that's part of the enlightenment process isn't it is yeah. is being open to you know being the teacher and sharing and and, and guiding or supporting or coaching or counselling or whatever it is for you, and at the same time being the student and learning and growing in amongst it. And I know, you know, having, having taught like you more than likely have at university, some of my biggest learnings were from being in front of a classroom of, of you know, 150 students and observing and perceiving and and seeing how they took in information. Yeah. 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 It's a so world of you. possibilities. Yeah. You're welcome. It is. We'll connect again. Thanks very much. We will. Thank you. And for those of you listening who want to connect with me further, jump on my website, thebarefootmedium.com.au, or check out Facebook, Instagram, all of the different social media channels. And thank you. Please leave a comment on this um, episode of things that you learned or things that you were inspired by, whatever you enjoyed about this episode and share that with Lincoln and myself. 
And I look forward to connecting with you in the next episode of Barefoot with Spirit. Thank you.